0: Good morning, um, if you don't know me, my name is Devontae Thorne, um, I'm one of the campus leaders here at the Gospel Tabernacle, um, and it's great being here. I've never preached down here before, like I'm normally on the stage, so I'm like eye level, it's nice, this is good. Um, so yeah, good morning, um, and I'm just happy to be here, I'm happy to be here talking in, uh, in front of family, like you are our, my family, um, and I don't know, it's just a, it's an honor to be in this family together um so today um like michael said we've been uh i'm gonna be preaching um out of first peter um and we've been doing like a little mini sermon um on first peter and uh it's been really good just the things that we've been able to uh hear like um steve kicked us off and kiara um did amazing yesterday i mean last week excuse me and um it was great. It was just, like, really good to hear. So I'm just going to keep, like, keep this thing moving um, and just give you what I feel like God is like, placed on my heart um, about this passage, all right? So um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to read the passage, and then we're going to get started, all right? So let's pray. Father, I just, uh, I don't know, I just thank you for your presence, God. I thank you for your love, Um, for us, Lord, I just ask that you would just even more come. I I know you're here. I know your presence is here, God. um, Would you just come um, more, just more of your power, more of your love, more of your goodness, Lord? Um, And would you just speak to our hearts what needs to be spoken? Um, And may we have ears um, and an open heart, Lord, to hear you. Um, So I just pray, Father God, for a soft heart um, today and to receive whatever you want for us, Lord. Um, we thank you for it. We praise your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So before we get like, started, uh, I want to... Oh, wait. Let me read the passage first, and then we can get into this. All right? So we are in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. All right. Let's see if it comes up on the screen. Is it up there? Oh, it's not back there. Oh, okay. Well, I'll read it online. I'm glad I brought this. Or did I bring it? oh no I could yeah I just had the where did I put it oh man okay I had a, a paper written down but it's okay all right let's read it. um as you come to him the living stones rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God Oh, seriously? So this whole thing? Oh. Oh, snap. Okay, Can I? I can. Yes. I guess I can pull it up on my phone, but I got you. I'll just pull it up. I had a sheet back there, but I think I left it. For real. Just going to pull it up. It's all right. God's going to speak regardless. All right, let me me and Google be friends here. Uh, ESV, boom. All right, I'm going to read it over, all right? Cool, 4 through 10. All right. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Um, I feel like this passage, before we start, I feel like this passage, it's like only six verses, right? There's six verses in what we're talking about today, but I kept thinking of it like a burrito. You know what I mean? Like a burrito has so many things inside of it, right? But it's not the biggest thing ever. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a thing, but there's just so much packed inside of this thing. So this passage today is like a burrito to me, right? (laughs) Okay, cool. Just wanted to share that with you. All right. Wife, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Okay, cool. So a little background. There's a few, there's two words here that I'm going to be using a lot, and I want you guys to just have like a definition of it and like what this means, all right? Um, so we see here um, in verse verse four and five, it says, um, it's talking about a living stone, okay? So when we're talking about living stones, um, the word living refers to Jesus being the risen one, Okay. Um, so when we see living stone, it, re- it re- refers to Jesus being the risen one um, and the one who died after leaving, living a sinful, sinless life and conquered death on the third day and is seated at the right hand of the father as we speak. All right. So this is who it, uh, Jesus is. He's living. He's literally living as we speak. All right. So um, just keep that in mind as I'm going through um, what we're talking about today. OK. Um, and then two, um there's temple and house. These two words are gonna like they're like the they go hand in hand. All right. So as I'm talking about the temple, um, I could be talking about the house at the same time. I'm talking about the house, I'm talking about the temple. It's the same thing, okay? Um, and they mean the same thing in this passage, okay? So living stones, they're lit it's literally like living, like Jesus is literally living um as we speak. And the temple and the house, um, they go together. Okay, does that make sense? Good? All right, cool. Um all right, so we're going to go verse, we're going to start this, like, verse 4 and 5. We're going to, like, break this down so we can just, like, get a clear understanding of what's happening, all right? So I'm going to start at verse 4 and 5, and then I'm going to go to 6 through 8, and then I'm going to finish with 9 through 10, all right? So verse 4 and 5. Um, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as what? A spiritual house, Right? to be a holy priesthood, right, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, okay? So there's three things here, three main points here, okay? There's spiritual house, a holy priesthood, and to offer spiritual sacrifices, okay? Um, You might be like me when I was reading this. I was like, what what does this mean? Like, what do these things mean? Okay, so I'm gonna go over um, these three things, all right? So the first thing is a spiritual house, all right? Remember that spiritual house and temple, right, temple goes together, all right, so back in the day, um, during the the time of when Jesus was alive and prior, um, the temple was a place where the presence of God dwelled, right, so this was a place where the presence of God dwelled, and people would come to this place um, to pray and to, like, give, um, uh, just to give, uh, to come and, like, just be with, like, with Jesus, right, um, and this was a place that was so um, that had basically what a place what the middle of it of it was called the holy of holies, right? And this is where the presence of God would dwell, right? And um, my wife explained this last week, right, that the presence of God, the holies of holies, was a place that not everybody um, could go to, right? This was a place that um, was was basically sacred, and only a few, um, certain people could go into this place, right? Um, so if you were um, unclean or undefiled, right, you were not able to go into this place. Because um, if you went into this place, you would die, like, immediately. Um, and my wife talked about how they would put ropes around their bodies um, as they went in, just be, just in case somebody died, and they didn't have to go inside and try to save them, because they couldn't, because you would die immediately, right? So they would pull them out um, if they died. Um, so this place was really sacred, right? And this is where the presence of God um, dwelt, right? Um, and So that's called the Holies Holies of Holies, okay? Um, So that's the first part. We're talking about the temple. We're talking about the house, okay? This is the house where the presence of God dwelled, okay? So that's the first part. The second part we're talking about are holy priests, okay? So because this place, the the Holies of Holies, was such a sacred place um, and such a place that um, if you went inside, like, you could die if you were unclean um, or undefiled, Um, this was a place that only the priests could go. So only the priests were able to go into this holy place, right? And um, the priests were basically... Basically, the people that went into this uh, this space for as a like representation for the people that were outside right, and um I found a good definition for um, what a priest is, and I really think it's really cool and, and it like kind of like directs us into like who um, these people are and who we are because of it right so it says um he or she acts as an ambassador right um, a chosen vehicle through whom Yah- Yahweh and God has chosen to serve the people and represent him on his behalf, okay? So these are people that are, are chosen by Yahweh, chosen by God to represent him on his behalf, right? Um, and I like the word ambassador. It means a person who acts as a representative or promoter of a spec- specified activity, right? Um, so I like this because we are we um, the the priests. We are the priests. Um, they're talking about uh, us in this passage, but um, are basically represent like representatives of Jesus. Like we are the people who represent Jesus um, as we uh, as we go right as we go into the world right. Um, and the priests represented the people who were on the outside. Um, as well, who could not go into the holies of holies, okay? So this is who they are. The priests are the people who are the ambassadors for Jesus, right? And they're chosen uh, by God. And the the, so when we talk about a priesthood, okay, we're talking about just a group of priests. We're talking about a, a, a body of priests, a house of priests, a collection of priests, okay? So it's very simple. Um, so we have the priest, and then we're talking about a priesthood. This priesthood is basically just a collection of these priests, okay? So that's just, uh, so that's what a priesthood means, okay? So that's the second point. We have one, the, the temple, and then we have two, the priesthood, okay? And then three, we have spiritual sacrifices. Um, these sacrifices Um, are something that was very necessary at the temple, okay? So to come to the temple, you were to bring an offering or sacrifice um, with you, right? And these sacrifices were offered to worship God and get right with him if necessary. Um, These were normally animals that were killed, and their blood was shed um, on the behalf of the person that was giving the sacrifices. Um, And this was necessary um, because there was um, a debt that needed to be paid right? There was a debt that, that needed to be paid, and um, the person themselves couldn't pay the, pay it with their blood because they w- would die, and they wouldn't be alive, right? So um, what needed to happen was there was a spiritual sacrifice, I mean, a sacrifice that needed to happen, a physical sacrifice, and that and normally it was an animal, and it wasn't just any animal. It was normally like your best animal, like one of your best, and one of the um, the animals that Uh, I don't know, in a way, like, it might be hard to, like, give this up because they could be used for something else that was probably good, right? But um, this was better for sure. Like, this was um, more of a necessity um, for the people, all right? So there was physical sacrifices that needed to be made, right? Um, But now because of the blood shed um, on the cross as believers, our sacrifices are now... Um, our whole lives okay so this isn't just a um, a sacrifice that is like giving like we don't have to give sacrifices that are like physical in this way anymore Um, but it's our, our whole lives I'm gonna get into more of that in a second okay so now there's three things. So there's now there's three things that we're talking about. We're talking about the temple. We're talking about the priesthood, right? And we're talking about the animal, I mean, the, the sacrifices that were made. Um, but what happens now is there's these things are now changed. Like, they're not the same as what they used to be. Like, as believers, there was all these, like, hoops and, like, things we in a way we had to, like, jump through um, to get to God, get to his presence, get to who, to, like, who he is and, like, um, who he is as a father, right, Um, and as a king. Um, But now we no longer have to do that. Like, one, we no longer have to go to the temple to pray or seek God, right? So that's something we don't have to do anymore, all right? Two, we no longer have to go through a priest to get near to God, Right? Not at all. We no longer have to do that. Like we can go into the presence ourselves. Right? And three, uh, we no longer have to bring animal sacrifices to be killed to get right with God. Right? Like this is not a thing that we have to do anymore. None of of these things, thank God, is necessary um, for for coming to God and being in His presence and being with Him. Right? So one, we are the temple of God. Right? So. That's what's changed. No longer do we is there a temple, a building, a place that we have to come to um, and to get to God's presence. Like we ourselves, that's what Peter is writing here. We ourselves as believers are the temple of God. Right. So God is building his temple in us. Right. And through us. Right. So that is who we are. If you were born again in Christ, then as a living stone, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. All right. So you are literally the temple of Jesus. You are literally the temple. All right. So no more having to go um, to the temple to get to the presence of God. Um, The temple lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit, his dwelling place lives inside of you now. Amen. In Jesus name. Thank you. So um, so that's one. Two, the priest. Right. So the priests were the only ones who were able to go into the holy of holies. Right. Um, Where the presence of God dwelled. But now we are literally the priest. Of this temple, okay. So you are, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and also you are the priest, right? You are the people who are the ambassadors, right, for Jesus. Like this is who we are, right? We are the priesthood of of Christ. All right. Um, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, then this makes you a priest. You have access to His presence twenty four seven. Right? 24 7. No need for a rope. No need for anything to go around you. Right? He's, he's safe. Right? And he allows you to come into his presence if you know him, if you are in relationship with him. Okay? So this is a safe place for us to be in. Um, his presence is there and it, the access is there 24 7. So there's no longer um, a need to go and find, um, to go through the priest or just um, come to the temple and wishing you could be in this place. Like you actually can. All right? So that's the second thing. All right? So we are the temple of Christ. Right. And we are the priests that um, that are at, that are like facilitating this temple that are at, um, in this temple. Right. And in three, we can just bring our thankfulness, our praise, our talents, our thoughts, our words, our resources, everything to the Lord. And this is our, our sacrifices. So when when um, Peter is talking about sacrifices, he, he mentions them as spiritual sacrifices now because they're not just merely physical anymore, right? These sacrifices are our lives. Like These sacrifices are everything that we are, everything that God has created us to be, everything that um, he has put inside of us, everything um, that we can give that is good. These things are our sacrifices, all right? So our thankfulness, our praise, our talents, our thoughts, any and everything, these are our sacrifices to God. So these are the things that we can give to Him because of Jesus and the blood that was paid for on the cross. All right. So there was a blood sacrifice that needed to be paid. That needed to be made. Right. But Jesus Himself made this. This sacrifice for us, so we no longer have to um, come to him and give blood sacrifices, kill animals um, to get to him. Right? He is the sacrifice. So what we do in return is just give the worship and the praise and the honor back to him. Right? So these are our sacrifices. These are the things that we we give. Right? And two, with the physical things that we have, we give our money, we give our resources, we give everything that we are to God as a sacrifice, all right? So they're now, they're now spiritual sacrifices because they go way beyond what this world can offer, right? They go way beyond anything that uh, we can get from this world, right? These things are things that we're going to be continuously giving in heaven. Like we're going to continue to give our praise, give our worship, give um, him the honor. Like these are the things that we give. So these are what they are. They're spiritual sacrifices, okay? Um, so they're no longer physical, okay? So those are the three um, points in verses four and five, all right? So the temple. Um, the priesthood and um, sacrifices, they are all now um, changed because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, right? The way that he lived a holy life, right? And came and died on the cross for us and rose three days later, right? And conquered death. Like this is the sacrifice that he made for us. And the, the power that he, that he uh, demonstrated to conquer death um, allowed, us for, allowed us to live, Right. And allowed us to have this this um, honor to be priest, to be a temple, to be able to give spiritual sacrifices to him. OK, is this making sense? Right. Yes. OK, good. Keep, talk to me. Follow me. Um, so, yes. All right. So this is happening. All right. So that was verses four and five. OK, so I'm going to continue with six through eight. All right. This thing is jam packed with stuff. So I was like, let me break this down as much as I can um, to like try to get us on the right page. All right. So verses six, verses 6 through 8, all right? Um, so after Peter says all this, um, he says, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the, corner, the cornerstone and the stone of stumbling, and the rock of offense. Um, Peter quotes this passage of scripture, um, and there's like these three, there's three different like uh, points like he's making here, um, and they're from three different um, parts of scripture, um, but the first thing that he talks about, and what I thought was like super significant, was he talks about a cornerstone, Okay. Um, and I always, every time I've heard this passage or read this passage, I've always thought, like, what is the significance of a cornerstone? Like, why does he reference himself as this? Uh, like, why choose this? You could have chose anything. Like, what is the significance, right? Um, so the definition of a cornerstone is a stone that forms the base of a corner of a building joining two walls, okay? So when dealing with, um, masonary foundations, so if you're a masonry, um, masonry, excuse me, masonry foundations, um, which can be made of, these things can be made of brick, clay, um, concrete blocks or stone, right? Um, the cornerstone is traditionally the first stone laid for the structure, okay? So this is the first thing that's laid down. If you're trying to build, uh, build a building, you're trying to build something up, this is the first stone that you put down, the cornerstone, right? Um, and this stone, um, basically lays the foundation for how the rest of the, the building is gonna be made, all right? So this stone um, is laid in reference so the rest of the things um, can like follow its lead, okay? So I had a video for you guys, but I wasn't able to play it. But in this video, I saw that these people were laying down this, the cornerstones Right, and then they would um, make a line, like use like wire and make a like a straight line from one cornerstone to the other. Right, and then they would use this line, and the other stones would follow suit. Like they would stay in the the same path that the cornerstone is made and follow suit. Right, so it's the foundation, it's the um, the guideline for how um, these other stones are gonna go. Right, so this is how um, these the these buildings are made, and I just thought it was so so dope because it's like these. This cornerstone that Jesus is saying he is, is the stone that has to go first, because if you don't go first, then everything else is just going to be made like cricket. It's going to be made like wherever way it wants to go, right? And you can, you can think you're going in a way that you want, that like you're supposed to go, right? But then you realize that like, your, your foundation isn't what it needs to be, right? And now you're in a place where you have this unsteady foundation and the rest of your building is is lacking because of it, right? So I thought this was really cool, it's the foundation. It's often celebrated too because um, it means that you're starting something, right? That this, that, like, a building is being built. So, like, somebody want to celebrate, like, ground being broken and, like, a building being being built, they would put this cornerstone down and celebrate it. Like, like it would be uh, praiseworthy because this is something um, to, to um, celebrate because it's, like, this is the first thing that's going to, like, that is uh, saying, like, this is going to have something that's going to be built up, right? This thing um, means, like, this is going to be um, a building one day. This is going to be something significant one day. Um, and that's who the, the cornerstone is right so the cornerstone um, in this passage is who um, God is right um, and it's something that should be cherished and it's something that should be um, put first as you're building um, but we see in a little bit that these things um, aren't always so in people's lives like sometimes these um, some people build their buildings build these uh, structures um, their lives um, on something else outside of this cornerstone and then you see that your life isn't um, stable, it isn't like, structurally like right um, because you built it the wrong way or oh, you built it on the wrong thing, all right? So this is a very important stone, okay? God calls it chosen and precious. Like, he didn't just, like, put this stone down. Like, he didn't just, like, slap it down and be like, yeah, this is, like, what I'm going to use. Right? This was ch- this is a chosen and precious stone. Um, this stone was not just slapped down at all, um, and God used it. He laid it down with precision. Like, he laid this stone down with precision. When I was watching this video, these builders put these things down, and this line was super tight for a reason. It was extremely tight from one cornerstone to the other because it needed to— um, be the imprecision with the with what the like the building was gonna be, what the structure was gonna be, um, and uh, I don't know. I just believe I just thought that this was just so cool. Like this was just something that was so necessary um, for us to 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 learn because like I feel like we can build our lives on things that aren't like. Um, stable, like that, aren't like full of stability, that aren't trustworthy, that aren't, that don't have like a firm, that don't make a firm foundation, right? Um, in Isaiah 28 16, it says that this stone is like safe to build on, right? And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, right? Like when you build your life on Jesus, like it's safe to build on, like it's safe to um, have uh, as a foundation because you know that everything else that's going on in your life, right? Everything else um, is going to follow suit if this is the foundation, right? Because um, like a building, if your foundation is wrong, if it's not correct, like the building's going to eventually fall. Like the building's going to eventually crack, fall, whatever it needs to do because it's not um, on something that's firm, all right? Um, so I'm going to read Isaiah 28:16, just the whole thing, because um, this is where Peter is referencing this from. He says, "Behold, I am the one who has laid, who is, who has laid as a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of this, of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be put to shame." All right. In Romans 10:11, um, there's a, this is another passage where this is um, quoted. And it says, "Anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced." right? I love it. I love this, what, what this translation says, because it says, having fallen from favor or a position, that's what disgrace means, having fallen from a, a position of, fallen from a position of favor or power or honor, right? So you have fallen from a position of, of honor. You've fallen from a position of favor, right? So this is what Jesus is saying, like, I mean, the Father is saying like because. Uh, Jesus is the cornerstone, you will not have to fall from this position of honor. Like, you will not have to fall from this position um, of power. Like, because before we, like, knew Jesus and before we came to know him as Lord and Savior, right, this is where we were. We were falling from a position of honor. Like, we were falling from a position of of grace. Like, and this is where we were. Like, we were just stuck in this thing, right? But because we came into a relationship with Jesus, and if you come into a relationship with Jesus, now you do not have to be ever disgraced again. Like, you never have to be, this, like, dishonored again. Like, you are in this royalty. You are in this um, this honor that God has, has, has placed um, for you because through the sacrifice that Jesus is, Jesus has made, okay? So Jesus is not just any stone, but the most important stone that is the foundation of this, of this spiritual house, okay? So we're talking about this temple, this temple that we, build, that we, are, we are, right, in the um, priesthood that we are, this foundation is built on Jesus, right? This foundation is built only and all on Jesus, all right? He is trustworthy. He is safe to build on. Right? He aligns all other stones, all right everything else in our lives is aligned by jesus it, it needs to be i mean if it's not then this then there's parts of our house parts of this temple that is not where it needs to be right but Jesus is the one who aligns all the other stones he keeps us he build he let he he teaches us where to build and how to build and what direction to go in like he's the guide he's the build he's the the firm foundation, the cornerstone right so um, this is who he is, and this is who we are because of him, okay? Um, amen. So that is verses verses 6 through 5 through 8, okay? 6 through 8, excuse me, all right? So now we are going to talk about, um, excuse me, verses 7 through 8. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, okay? So we see here that because this stone is so trustworthy and um, and is a firm foundation and is something that is, um, I don't know, just necessary for our lives, this is something that we should be building our lives on, right? Um, this is something that this temple should be built on, right? Um, but we see that some people have rejected, right, the stone. It says that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, right? So this is basically just a... a, a, a um, just a foretelling of who, like, well, who Jesus is, like, who Jesus has been in this world, like, Jesus came to the earth, right, and he was rejected, like, this is just what happened, like, he was rejected, like, he was already the cornerstone, like, when when God had this, this plan um, to redeem us, like, he already made Jesus the cornerstone, so when he came to the earth, this is who he was, he was a walking cornerstone for us, right, but because of um, our sin, because of uh, just our pride, all these different things, like we rejected him. Like he was rejected, right? This, the builders rejected um, the cornerstone. And we started, like there's thing, different things that we started to build our lives on, right? Um, and this is what Peter is saying. Like this is, what, this, is what, um, this is what happened. We rejected him, right? But because he is still this cornerstone right? He still fulfilled all the things that he was supposed to fulfill. Like, he still is the one who's aligning us, right? He still is the one who um, makes our our way straight, makes our buildings um, stand firm, right? Makes our temple stand firm, right? Um, And and it says also that this stone is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, right? Um, Jesus was offensive. Like, Jesus was not Like, he didn't all, like, just try to get on your good side and, like, try to just, like, make you, like, hey, be my friend type of thing. Like, Jesus said what needed to be said, right? He said what was true, right? And he, it was, it was offensive, right? Um, And this was the thing, the stone of stumbling. It says they stumble because they disobey the word and they, they, and as they were destined to do, all right? They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. They were, like, we outside of Jesus were destined To just not follow Jesus. Like, before you came to know Jesus, if you know Jesus, like, before you came to him, like, you wasn't trying to, like, follow him, you wasn't looking at Jesus at all, like, nobody searches after God, right, nobody at all, like, um, God both does, he wills his and does, like, the the work in our lives to to pursue him, like, to to come after him, like, this all, everything that happens in our lives comes from him, like, nothing good comes in ourselves, right, right, he calls us good, you know what I mean, like, any part of us that's good is because he called it good, right, we're all made in his image, so there's some good parts of us, but it's only because Jesus called it good, it's only because he made us in his his likeness like we look we are like Jesus in um, some type of way right so this is what this is what happened right um, we rejected him right but he was still the cornerstone he was still the one that we needed to uh, to rest in and because I'm gonna keep saying this I said it from the beginning I said it in the middle I want to keep saying this because the sacrifice that Jesus made I think as I was writing this sermon I just like got into more of a like revelation of how huge the, um, the cross was for us. How huge Jesus being um, sinless in this world was for us. How much like every drop of that blood shed was for us. Like it, it was incredible because it changed our whole like trajectory of our lives. Like it changed everything. Like it changed every single part of who we, who we, um, we are, right? And now we are we are not um, just like sitting in this place of like just death and, and sitting in this place of darkness. Like we are actually um, we are actually a temple of, of Jesus Christ, like a temple of the Holy Spirit. We actually are priests, right? We actually are a priesthood, we actually are um, living sacrifices, like what we do are, are like is actually mean something, like our lives actually mean something. And that's I don't I don't know. This just gets me excited to think about because it's just so good to to know that Jesus actually sacrifice all this stuff like he was in heaven chilling like he was in heaven like in glory sitting at the right hand of the father like what else would he need you know what i'm saying but he wanted us like he came for us right he came so we could so he could love us and like get us out of this place that we were in right so i I don't know thank you jesus like thank you lord for being who you are i'm getting ahead of myself but this is good okay so ooh. all right so um this stone, this stone was primed, and many people have rejected it, all right, decided it was not worthy of uh, trusting or relying on, um, and now the foundation is unsteady, right? Right? Now the foundation is unsteady, um, and we see again that the Lord, like, he offends our, like, our worldly thinking, like, he offends the way that we think, like, the way the world thinks, like, it's offensive, because the way that the world thinks, the way that it, The world thinks it's not true. Like, it's not not what we should be, like, living on. It's not the foundation of our lives. So I'm glad he came and offended us. You know what I'm saying? So we could actually get into right living with with the Father, all right? Um, So why did they stumble? They disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. We were all destined to sin and disobey God. But thank God for his mercy. Thank God for what he came and did for us, all right? So... I'm coming to a close, well, close to a close. All right, so I'm going to use the last, um, the last two verses to um, finish this off, okay? Um, so we normally like to use a format of who is God and who am I in light of who God is um, and what is God saying and what am I going to do about it, okay? So I'm going to go through that. Um, who is God, all right? I found this in the commentary, and I just thought this was such a good um, way to say this. But God is the master architect, all right. He is the master architect, all right. He is the one who put this all together, right? And he's the one, oh, Jesus, thank. You. He's the one that holds it together, right? He's the one that puts it all together, and he's the one that holds it together. Like it's nothing in ourselves that keeps this thing, that keeps this thing, um, up, right? Um. So we see in verse 6 he is the one who has laid the foundation down at the right moment in time for you for us to stand and be redeemed right so um, we see this in verse 6. Let me go back. Behold, I am laying in, in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Right? Jesus, I, the Father put, like, put Jesus on this earth at the right moment, at the right time. Right? And he put him there um, and to, to allow us to be redeemed and in, in, in right standing with him. Right? Um, and God is the one who saves. Right? And provides a way for us to get out of darkness. All right? So we see this. We see this in verse 9, I mean, verse 10, right? It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into your marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you were not, you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy right? So, God is the master architect, right? He is the one that has put this all together. He's the one that ha- has allowed us to receive mercy, right? He's the one that has allowed us um, to be redeemed and to be redeemed out of darkness into the light, right? So, if God is the master architect, then who are we? Who am I in light of who God is, right? We are, and it says it right here, and I, I was like, I don't know how else to say this. Like, this is just the best way I could say this. Like, it says it in the scripture. We are a chosen race, Right? We are a a royal priesthood. We are a holy. Holy means set apart, right? We are a set apart nation, a people for his own possession, right? I'm going to say it again. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy set apart nation, a people for his own possession. You are royalty, set apart, special, a priesthood, a temple of the Holy Spirit, One that God loves. Like, this is who we are. This is who we are as people in Christ. We are nothing less than this. Nothing less than this. This is who we are. God chose us, right? Right? He made us a royal priesthood. We are royalty. He made us set apart, a people for his own possession, a people that, for him, we are his people. We are God's people, the creator of the universe, the one who loves us. We are his people, right? And this is who we are. Nothing less, nothing more. Like, this is what we are. We are We are this we are who God has uh, said we are. Right. So why? Why are we this? Like, why are we these people? Why are we in this in this uh, relationship with God? Why has God brought us into this place? What is the point? Right. And it says it in verse nine. I love this. So we can proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right? Why are we this? So we can proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Like, what has God done for you? Right? Where is God good? What is the good news for you in your life? You know what I mean? Like, the gospel is good news. What is the good news for you? Like, what has God done for you? Right? I love this because we are not ordinary. We are not people that um, are, are like this world. We are people that are extraordinary. We are people that are peculiar. Uh, the translation, I think, in the Amplified calls us a peculiar people. We are weird people because we are not of this world, right? We are people that are from the, from the kingdom of heaven, right? We are seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus, right? That's our position. That's where we sit. That's who we are, Right? So we're not home yet, right? We're not home yet, but we are on on this earth, right? And we are still those people. Like, our identity doesn't change because we're not home yet, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, we can call things that are not as though they were, right? We call those things to us. We call these things to this world, right? So I love who is writing this story. It's Jesus, first of all, but who is writing this, 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 uh, this passage of scripture right now? It's Peter. And I love Peter because Peter, when I talk, when I, when I look at Peter, I see a real human. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just see a person that is like, like, bro, you say some dumb stuff. Like you say some dumb things. Um, and it's not always the best, right? But God, man, God's love for him is so real. And Peter's love for God is real. Right? So let's go to Matthew 16, 13 through 19. I don't have it up there, so I'm going to read it for you guys. All right? But this is so big. Peter is writing. Oh my gosh. Okay, wait. Let me get ahead of myself. Okay. So Matthew 16, 13 through 18, okay? Um, this is when Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. It says, Now, when Jesus came into the district of Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? Right? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon, who his name was Simon at that point, replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, right? That's his full name, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, right? He changes his name. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. Right? So what happened here? What just happened? Peter gets a revelation of who God is from the Father first, right? So he gets a revelation of who God, who Jesus is, excuse me, from the Father, right? So he says, and Jesus says, it's like, you didn't get this from your, like, human, like, capacity. Like, it was the Father who revealed this to you. Thank God. Like, the, the blind, it's like the blinders who, like, come off his, like, came off his eyes. Like, the scales came off his eyes. And he saw who Jesus was. He was able to attest, like, oh no, 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 no. You're not, you're not Elijah, you're not John the Baptist, you're not Jeremiah. Like, who are they compared to you? You're Jesus, right? You're the Son of God, the living Son of God, right? So that's what happened. One, he gets that. Jesus then too changes his name from Simon to Peter. Peter means little rock, right? So Peter is little rock. This is what he, re- he reveals Peter's true identity, right? Who Peter really is. Peter is a little rock. We're talking about a temple. We're talking about stones, right? Peter can write out of this, right? He can write to us, right? Because... Peter is the rock. He, he got a revelation of who he is. Jesus called him a rock, right? And now he, he is able to write to, us, write to us and tell us we are a temple. Now tell, tell us that we are a priesthood, right? A holy priesthood. And tell us we have spiritual sacrifices because he's living out of what um, Jesus spoke to him. He's leaving, living out of the identity that Jesus called him into, right? So now Jesus is, I mean, Peter is no longer Simon, but he is a little rock, right? And this church, right? Is, is what uh, Jesus is building um, he, this church the church is what Jesus is building um, on peter 's life right so again, we are the temple of Christ, right We are the temple of God, right and because of this, um, Peter can write to us and tell us these things because he was called little Rock right basically he's like a little Jesus. Right Like he's Jesus, like he's little Jesus, right? And everything that he, Jesus has right is, is in Peter. So now we are the temple of Christ, right? We are the church, right? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? The gates of hell is, will not prevail against it. Peter is writing from a place of identity. He's writing out of a place of sonship, and he's writing out of a place of knowing who He is in Christ, right. And I love this because it's like, okay, because these words, these are real. Like these aren't just ordinary words, right? These are extraordinary, peculiar words, right? These are peculiar things he's calling these people. But what he's saying is, look, man, I know what this is like. Like, I know I've experienced this. I experienced being brought out of darkness into light. I experienced these scales being brought off my eyes and seeing the the resurrected Jesus, right, in in the flesh. Like, I've seen him before. And I know who he is, right? And this is who you are, too. So don't be dismayed, right? The believers he's writing to at this point um, are being oppressed. They're being oppressed for their faith. They're being oppressed by many different people. And he's telling them, like, hey, look, look, this is who you are, Okay? Like, I know you're going through things, and I know these things are hard. I know these, like, what you're going through in your life is not what you would, like, ex- like, uh, like, expect it to be at this point, at this time. But who you are is not changing because of your circumstance, right? So your circumstance is gonna has to bend to who you are, not the other way around, right? You're not bending to your circumstances, but the circumstance is bending to who you are, right? So you are now a son or daughter in Christ, okay? So what is God saying here? What is God saying? I think, I just, I believe that God is saying to us, like, it's time to stop living below your identity. Like, you are, we are not... I don't know. We are not common. We are chosen people, right? We are made for this time. Like we are here for a reason. We have purpose, right? We have a reason for being here. And I feel like God's saying, like, like stop living under your identity. Like there's like we there's no more of this. I feel like I've been saying, I feel like I've been saying this for a little while, just like I feel like God has like been saying this for a little while to us and for us. I've been saying at the other campus sometimes. Um, but like we are no like it's it's time like time to stop living um outside of who we really are because it's beneath us like we are better than this like we're better than the the things that the world says is uh is necessary we're better than what the world tries to make um Uh, like fears or make it like concerns or different things like that. Like we can live above these things, right? Because we are above these things because Christ is above these things, right? Um, And it's not dedicated by, I mean, it's not predicated by your circumstances, okay? Um, And this is just who we are. So I just believe like God is saying like this is just who we are. Like we are not anything else besides a royal priesthood, right? A holy nation, right? Um, A people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I just think our testimonies, I think the things that the Lord has brought us to, everything that we are, uh, I don't know, we're dealing with, everything that is happening, the circumstances that we're talking about, right, that are happening in our lives, they don't do anything, they don't discredit anything that, that uh, Peter is saying and who Jesus calls us to be, right? All they do is, ba- is give God an opportunity to shine right? They give God an opportunity to, to get the glory in all of these things, right? So everything that we're going through, all them circumstances, it has nothing, it it does not discredit anything that has happened or anything that God has called you to, to be, okay? I think I love, like, out of my own life, I love, like, what God, like, spoke to me, like, I I think it was, like, four or five years ago during the summer, um, we were at uh we were receiving prayer um and i went up to get prayer and um steve was praying for me um and god just like met me so powerfully um during this time and i i can't forget this right because he, he it's it's like peter in this moment like it's like he called me by a different name right um so what happened like the short version of it is basically the Lord is redeeming this wound from my my childhood um, and this like just this place where I felt like I was insignificant, I felt like I wasn't worthy of like of um, I don't know friendship or love or this type of thing. like I just kind of felt outcast by some of my friends. Um, and the Lord met me in this moment, and what He did was uh, He gave me like my true identity, right? So in my head, I could see it like, geez, I can see it right now. We're on the basketball court. And I see Jesus, like, standing there, right? And he's super bright, super extremely bright. And um, in the physical, Steve is holding, like, he's hugging me at this moment, right? But it's like when Steve hugged me, like, it's like Jesus came and wrapped his arms around me. And it was like, boy, like, what an amazing, like, embrace. Like, that's, I I could stay in that place forever. Like, I could stay in that place in his arms for the rest of my life. And what he did was he, 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 um, he, he's holding me, right? And at this point, like, my legs are, like, getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And I can't, I, like, at this point, I can't stand anymore. So I'm, like, on the ground. And what God speaks to me is this. And it, it's so beautiful. He speaks. <laughs> thank you, Lord. He speaks, my son, with whom I'm well pleased, right? That's all he needed to say. Like, from that point on, I, I have hold, I've held on to this. Like when other stuff is happening in my life and all the crap is happening in my life and stuff that I don't know how to do or I feel insignificant, I feel like, man, what it, like, who am I? Type, like Jesus reminds me, like my son with whom I'm well pleased, right? And what an honor. What an honor that he calls me son. What an honor that he calls us sons and, and daughters, right? This is who we are. This is who we are. So I just think, I don't know, I want for us and I feel like I should do this. so I'm going to do this. I want for us to get a uh, understanding of just who Jesus is and um, our identity because of it, right? Um, so I think I want to just take a few moments. Um, if, John, who, is anybody coming to play? Uh, Darren, yes. Um, if you could play, I just want to give God a space um, or opportunity just to speak identity over us. Um, and speak like who we really are, um, but I think first. And Diane, I was thinking about you when I was. Uh, I was thinking about this um, because you said it, I and mean, it really stuck out for me. But like you're like every day, I just ask God to like fill me with His love, right? I fill me with His love, and I think there's there's something so special about it um and I, I like i like to do it too even when i think i do it and i it, excuse me when i forget about it i feel like i do it when sometimes i feel like in, inadequate or insignificant or i feel like overwhelmed and i'm like god you know what man like i just need your love you know I, there's stuff going on in, in right now and i don't even know how to really deal with it and there's stuff going on for all of us, and we do not I'm sure we don't know how to deal with it, right? But I think God is saying, like, my love for you is this cornerstone. Like, my love for you is something that you can build on. Um, my love for you is something that's going to stay firm and remain strong, right? Um, so if you would, well, actually, one, everything I'm saying today is for believers in Christ, right? Right? Um, Everybody watching at home or wherever you're at, this is for believers. This is for the people who have surrendered their life to Jesus. Um, The people who have given over everything to, to the Lord. They've just said, like, basically, Jesus, you are sovereign. You are God, right? And I am sinful, and I need a Savior, right? And I don't know. I don't want to mislead you. Like, these promises, right, everything that I said, Like, this isn't for people who haven't given their life to the Lord. Like, this is just, it just is what it is. Like, Jesus has, there's specific, there's only one way to get to the Father, and it's through Jesus, right? And I'm not trying to, like, I don't know, like, isolate you or whatever, but I just want you to know, like, there's an opportunity right now just to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Receive him as the King of your life, right? Surrender your life to him. Um, I want to offer you that today, right? Because I was offered it. You know, I was—I can give you what I got. I got Jesus. Like, and he lives inside of me, and I'm so thankful for him. But look, there's things that are going on in your life. I feel like I'm speaking to somebody. There's things that's going on in your life that you don't know how to get through, right? And I'm not going to tell you everything's just going to get better, right? But I'm going to tell you that the king the king of your heart will guide you through these things, right? He will give you a, a place to rest your head, right? He will wrap his arms around you. Like, I pray for you. I pray that you receive a moment like I did where he speaks into his his identity for you, man. Like, I want you to be free. Like, I want you to be uh, free for freedom's sake. And not just because I want you to, because Jesus wants you to, right? So if you want to receive him as Lord and Savior, um, I don't know, just repeat after me. Um, Lord, I am sinful, and I am in need of a Savior. I am not good on my own. The only good thing, anything good, comes from You. So I declare that You are the Risen King Jesus, the Son of the Son of the Most High God. And I receive you as Lord and Savior today. Come and do what I couldn't. Come and transform me and let me know who I really am so I can give these things to others.